This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, goal! Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live as we're getting you ready for game two of the Athletics and the Chicago Cubs from the Coliseum. Boy, do we have a lot going on today. Eno Saris, I'm looking at him as he's getting his, Roy is making sure that his badge is getting scanned because God knows New York, they are worried about all of our badges. We have to get scanned because, you know. We're all worried about uh, who's on the field here at the Coliseum. So, and Nico Horner, the kid from Oakland, the kid that grew up from in Oakland, who is now a second baseman for the Chicago Cubs, Stanford Cardinal. Mom still lives here in the Bay Area. It's his first time ever to the Coliseum. He grew up going to the Coliseum. I got a chance to interview him earlier today about what it was like. You know, you think about for Nico that you look on the schedule – Cubs don't get here often. He grew up in, I mean, he's a kid born and raised in Oakland, grew up, you know, as he said, he Eric Chavez and Miguel Tejada, and then later on, you know, the, he, he brought up the run of 12, 13, and 14. I mean, he was a kid in the Bay. I mean, his enti- my entire career is essentially him growing up watching A's baseball, and he sees on the schedule, hey, we're going to Oakland. That's a big deal for this guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hit with him once. <laughs> Uh, at Stanford too, uh, you know, in the cages and 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 talk nerd to him. So we've uh, we've stayed in touch over the years, and uh, I'm so happy for how he's grown into the player he is. He's kind of a throwback player, and at the perfect time, if you think about the types of skills he has, no, oh. you can't you can't put the old like sort of thick second baseman. You can't do that anymore. You can't put the third baseman at second base anymore. You need a guy who can who can go to the left and go to the right. You need a kind of a mini shortstop these days because of the shift rules. And he's perfectly suited for, you know, shift rules. Uh, you know, he puts balls in play all the time. You know, uh, shift rules, he's really good on defense at second. The stolen base rules, he's got eight stolen bases in like two weeks. 
You know, so he's uh, he's the type of player that we're going to see more of. Yeah, uh, he's he, he's leading baseball in stolen bases right now. With he got another one last night. He's got nine. Uh, this is Eno Saris. Uh, Nico will be here at five thirty. Ken Rosenthal also have the athletic. Good chance he is going to be here today. But you know what Ken Rosenthal doesn't have? He doesn't have his own beer. He doesn't have his own sandwich. <laughs> and he doesn't have his own open. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. I get accused on this program, and I guess I'm a little different than a lot of people that I've worked in other sports. I worked in the NFL for years. I've worked in the NBA. I see how I've been in those cultures. I've traveled in the NFL. I've traveled in Major League Baseball. So I've been fortunate to cover the big three. And so I'll, I'll talk about the other sports. And one thing that has always driven me nuts is how we look at young players and we're so fearful of what's going to happen with young players if we bring them up and they didn't have this many innings in the minor leagues and they didn't have this many at-bats and everything. Well, you know what? Right now, and the A's hadn't promoted a guy from double-A to the big leagues in a long, long time. How about Mason Miller? It has just been announced. I know a lot of A's fans have been following his career because the guy is big. He throws really, really hard. He's 6'5". Uh, he's had a lot of injuries, but 11 games he's pitched in the minor leagues. He's only started 10, 28 and two-thirds career innings in the minor leagues. He's here, and he's starting tomorrow. I think this uh, could be uh, the beginning of a trend. I don't know if it's the beginning or the middle or wherever we are on the trend, but I think it could be part of a trend in baseball. A, a farm director once told me, if my minor leaguers, if my minor league pitchers have major league pitch grades on their pitches, why are they in the minor leagues? And this is part of, as we, as we get better at measuring process and we can tell you that, oh, your pitches move like this and do this and do this, so they're going to play, then why are you in the, in the minor leagues anymore, you know? If I can tell you, like, as a batter, your bat bath is good, your, your, bat deci- your swing decisions are good, you know, it doesn't even matter that you're, what you're hitting. It, like, you could be hitting 210, and if I can say you hit the ball hard and you're making the right decisions and you play defense well, you should be in the major leagues. So I think we're going to see teams do a little bit more of that. No different that I go and draft you out of the university of whatever in football, whether you're in the SEC, you're in the Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12. You come in. You may not start right away, but you're going to play. You're definitely going to be on special teams. I'm bringing you in to play. I'm not going to have you sit in some minor league system for years. NBA, the same way. Like, bring these guys. It's like – you got guys who are better sitting in the minor leagues where you're trying to justify an archaic system. You're wasting the time. You're wasting the bullets. You're the, wasting. Let's go. Bring them up. Let's go. Compete. And, and definitely where the minor leagues are headed is fewer minor league teams, fewer minor leaguers. Like, we just know that. We, they just had a CBA with the minor league uh, union, and it reduced the amount of players that every team is allowed to have in the minor leagues. So the the pressure, and we just this is on the heels of them reducing the amount of minor league teams that team that teams have. So we're, the the pressure in the in the sort of direction we're going with minor leagues is fewer minor league teams, fewer minor league players, better ones, better treated, better pay in the minor leagues. But if you have fewer minor league spots, that's going to push pressure on guys to put them in the major leagues. And this is the other thing to think about it. 
we're talking about an absolute, I mean, you want to talk about archaic system. The minor leagues, they really don't have quality weight rooms. They don't have quality training staffs. They, I mean, their stuff is terrible. Do you these, know how often they flood? These guys are I, going I hadn't from. I have known this so recently. These guys are going from college baseball where their data's better, their training's better, everything's better in college baseball. We go to the minor leagues and they all tell you it's way worse. So it's like, what? If you have a team like the A's that's not winning, it's better to have a guy come up and learn and be treated far better. The coaching is better. better. The food is better. Everything's the better, better up here. Yeah, Why I, wouldn't you want them up here versus <laughs> you're having them someplace in Texas or somewhere in the middle of nowhere on some minor league stadium? That's st- These old minor league stadiums, they're cute. and We have the beer batter and all the different things they have, but they're, it's so archaic. They're, they're horrible facilities. I had a, I had a dinner recently with a, a bunch of former players, and – uh, the amount of stories they had that started or ended with floating, you know, sewage uh, was really surprising. There was a lot of floating They're still sewage. playing at San the, the The Giants are still playing at San Jose Muni where they've been playing baseball, minor league baseball at San Jose Muni. For, I mean, George Brett played there. For, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's so long. I played there at San Jose State. What do you think that weight room looks like? <laughs> it's awful. I, I was just recently there. It's so archaic. I played there 30 years ago. San Jose State, <laughs> that was our home field. They're still playing there. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a football team. Bill Walsh, you want to talk about how old San Jose Muni is? Bill Walsh coached a football team there, right. and it was AstroTurf. That's how old this facility <laughs> is. Would you rather have guys in the minor leagues, or would you rather have them here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still- Especially if you're not trying to win the division. <laughs> still, still, uh, yeah. You got to balance it. There's always, you know, people thinking about win cycles, and I want to, you know, keep this player under team control for longer and stuff. But it, you know, sometimes it's, you just want the best for the player. You want the player to be the best he can be, and a lot of times that means coming up to the major leagues. Another thing that happens in the major leagues a lot is um, people talk like the major leaguers talk with you. So you'll have a veteran on your staff. And I used to make fun of this when I was a blogger. We used to talk about veteran presence um, as like you know a thing that didn't really exist, but it does exist, and it really almost manifests the most in a bullpen session or in a, out in a bullpen or, or as they're shagging flies, the pitchers out there. When they play catch, I was just talking to uh, Taylor Rogers, who's over in the Giants, and he said he taught his sweeper to Steven Wilson and Luis Garcia in San Diego. That, that year, Taylor Rogers was not very good for the Padres, but he taught two really good pitchers better pitches, and he did it in catch play. And he said, just try this. You throw it in catch play, and you say, wow, that really moves, and then you take it to the bullpen, and then you take it out on the field. So that is going to happen more likely at the major league level where you're talking to major leaguers who have made these adjustments in the past and can teach you, oh, this is how I throw my sweeper. And, you know? and I checked in with Dallas Braden because I think he's a great example. Like when you're going to do something like this, when you bring the guy up, whether he, whether he, well, if he succeeds, we know how that goes. But if he fails, got to allow him to fail. You got to keep him here a little bit. It can't be this up, down, up, down, up, down. What we did oh, with Matt Olson so back in the day. So much stress on every single inning, yeah, bring in the him minors up. or the majors. Mason Miller, bring him up. Bring whoever you're going to bring up. And we're, we're we're we don't have a stress environment about winning right now. Bring him up. No matter what happens, continue to let him pitch every five or six days, whatever it's going to be. Leave him here. You let have him a learn. Limited amount of innings with him anyway. You know what I mean? It's not like you're going to let him throw 200 this year. No. I mean, he's throwing 28, right? Yeah. So, you so if you've got 75, you know. Sandy, Al- Sandy Alcantara <laughs> just walked through that door. <laughs> right. So if you want to get to get 75, you know, and that'd be a good year, then let him be up here where he's going to get the most out of the 75 innings. All right, let's go around baseball. You mentioned the Padres. I, I, looking at the notes today, I mean, we're still looking about how bad Juan Soto is. 
He's hitting 111 at Petco Park this year. The numbers have been bad. Everybody keeps saying, oh, this guy's all-time great. He's all-. And you're like, wait a minute. We now have a more of a sample size of some serious struggles here. Now he's complaining that he doesn't have over 20 seconds in between pitches and to do his thing. The pitch clock is messing with him. I mean, at what I'll point? Give him, I'll give him two things that are real. There are two things that are real that I know are real that may be contributing to struggles. One, the ball was deadened uh, two years ago. Major League Baseball announced they were deadening the ball. What that did is kill the opposite field home run. He was an opposite field guy. He's a let the ball travel and, you know, hit it to the opposite field guy. Uh, and so that really did hurt his power. That's one real thing. The other real thing is that the hitters are having a harder time, I think, with the pitch clock almost than pitchers. I think there's a lot of hitters who are having a harder time with it. That eight seconds that you've got to get in the box, we're talking now about so many different mitigation strategies. Andrew Bagley wrote a piece about uh, J.D. Davis. He takes time out the minute he steps in uh, for his plate appearance. He takes his first time out. He takes it right away because he doesn't want to be sitting there getting ready, getting ready, look up, bam, pitch. He wants to control. It's all about control. Right? Yeah. You know, so he wants to control the tempo. So he says, you're going to wait for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a time out. You're going to wait for me to dig in, and you're going you're gonna to wait. And I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to get comfortable. And then I'm not going to move after that, you know. So uh, there are these, the hitters are learning different ways to deal with it, and I think I will give Soto some of that. He's getting How used long? to it. Yeah, I mean, then there's the third thing, which is there's always noise, and maybe he's just getting unlucky, and maybe it's just a bad stretch, and he's going to have a good stretch, you know. But they're, they're between the, like, you know, power's out in front, and he's a let it travel guy, and, and the opposite field homer is dead. That, that is detrimental to his approach. And so he needs to, like, look at his teammate, Trent Grisham. Used to be a let the travel ball travel guy, uh, and this year he's being more aggressive and getting out in front. He has as many homers, I think, he's this in those first two weeks as he had, all, like, in all the second half last year, or the first half last year. So um, there is something about aggression and seeing the ball, but also getting the ball out in front that he needs to find that new toggle. But um, I, I think he's a really quality guy. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I don't think that. You know, two weeks of hitting the 111 mean we got to push the panic button. But it's it, it's it goes back to when they traded for him. It wasn't good either. So we'll, we'll see. May Machado's gotten out to a slow start. Tatis Jr.'s come back. We'll see how that works for Bob Melvin. I said to Vince Catroni, if I could give you a golf club, and I said, when you swing it, you'll get it in the fairway 95% of the time, how much would you pay for that golf club? He said, I'd pay anything for it. Well, that, why do I bring up 95%? Stealing third base right now. In Major League Baseball, wow. this year is ninety-five percent, and you know what they're and you know what and we're now tracking leads, which is great. Now the leads at first base are bigger; oh, yeah. the leads at second aren't. So I think players are not comfortable yet for getting way off second. Doesn't matter. So it could even go. They're up. stealing third at ninety. I'm looking at the percent right now. We're we're just over eighty-two percent clip. Why would that be for stealing? Just sitting second base, that's it's eighty-two percent. Yes, third base. Third so base we were, is ninety-five. We were already pushing. So with the science of it, and I just talked to Nico about this because he because he has those steals, and you know the science of it now is you know the pop time of the catcher, you know the time to the plate of the pitcher, and there's a whole swath. There's a you know a, you know maybe a, a tenth of the pitchers you're never going to steal on because they're just super fast to the plate right yeah and then and he said it's always off the pitcher and, and a tenth of the pitchers you're always going to steal off of Noah Syndergaard because they're super slow to the plate and then in the middle you have to find your place what we had been doing is sciencing it up so far and you know 
we get we we had pushed it to 76 77 78% which was the most uh, the highest percentage in the history of baseball the last few years anyway that's without the new rules so now pushing that to 82% doesn't surprise me so much because the base paths are, are shorter and you have you have a limit on how many times you can throw over so that makes sense to me the, the the other one doesn't. The this third base thing doesn't make sense to me. Ninety five. I know that's it's like ninety four. So, I'm rounding that up. It's ninety four. That is so high. That is that is almost guaranteed success. And I, I there's got to be something in the rules or or something that explains it. And I don't have it off the top of my head right now. A lot of moves are being made around here. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to break anything. It looks like though. Obviously, a move's gonna have to be made. It looks like. I don't I don't know if it's for sure yet. I've kind of being informed. It looks like one of the relievers will be going on the IL. I'm going to wait to, until it's official. I'm not trying to break anything here, but obviously you got to make a move. What will that move mean? Cap, people thought about Caprellian, who it's his start tomorrow. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a reliever that is going to go. The corresponding on, move for Mason. Yeah, it looks, looks like it's going to be a reliever. I just – I got to get uh, – uh, clearance. This could be, this could be the ideal rotation to have a six-man rotation <laughs> because they have so many young guys that are trying to figure it out. They don't have a lot of innings for all of them. The One of the reasons you don't do a six-man rotation is you have studs at the very top. You Like, why would you do a six-man rotation in, in New York and have fewer starts from Verlander and Scherzer? You know what I mean? Like, you want as many starts as you can from those guys. But here, I think with a young rotation the way it is, I think that this would be a great place to do a six-man rotation. I got numbers on Cody Bellinger from the last two years to this year. It's early. Cody is swinging it more like the Cody Bellinger we, we remembered when we said, wait a minute, this kid's an MVP. He's the, well, we used to talk about he could be the next $200 million contract. A lot has changed <laughs> <laughs> since that time. But now we're talking about Otani being the next $500 million. I mean, yeah. the last two years he had a buck ninety-three. He yeah. was terrible. He's swinging it better. Five for five last night. I believe he's going to make this series. He's hit a ball. He hit a ball harder. I don't know if it was last night, but he's hit a ball harder recently than he hit in the last two years. Yeah, I think it was the home run down in L.A. to right field. Yeah. Um, he he's he and his girlfriend are about to have their second child, so oh, he could that, be. That's going to go on the tank. He's going to be. He could leave up all night. He could he could leave at any time. <laughs> but I think he's going to be here for the next two games, but. I mean, Cody Bellinger, if Cody Bellinger gets back to close to what he was when he was the MVP, looking at this Cubs team, they feel, they're they feeling it. We, we, got, we got a little insight on the Cubs today dealing with them. They're feeling it right now. They have a lot of confidence. But Cody Bellinger may be the steal of the offseason. Yeah, he's really looking. I looked at his contact rates, too, and uh, he always swings at high pitches, but he's had that problem with an uppercut swing that he misses the high pitches. This year he's making contact with the high pitches. So I think there's probably uh, health going better. That's what you see with that 109, you know, getting back to that max uh, exit velocity, but also something mechanical that he figured out. So in, in between those two things, I think it'll be a really good year for him. And what I can say for the Cubs is they look like a more complete team than their competitors uh, in, in the Central. You've got the Cardinals, who I think have uh, uh, some problems on the pitching side. They have a good lineup again, but on the pitching side, they were a team that allowed too much too many balls in play and with the shift the way it is it's not it's not working out in their favor uh they they were third last in strikeout rate last year the cardinals and then the brewers always struggle to put a lineup together uh that that scores runs so uh and they've had some injuries now with Corbin burns and brandon woodruff hurt so uh there's a chance here for the cubs to sneak in and take that division if people remember down in spring training 
we well when you were in Florida, one of your hits was from a Rays game. You were at the Trop because yeah. of the bad weather. Uh, you saw some good things, so I, I, I'm sure we all, we knew the Rays were going to be good. But I don't think you're surprised by their hot start. No, not really. I mean, one of the things that needed to happen already happened. I think Wander Franco is ascending into kind of star status, maybe even superstar status. He's he's a, a guy who's patterned his game after Jose Ramirez, and he plays shortstop and is starting to hit like Jose Ramirez in his peak. So I think that's a really important thing for them. And then they got bad news today in Jeffrey Springs yes. being hurt, yeah. but um, they are the type of team that has always a next man up kind of mentality. Taj Bradley is maybe one of the best three pitching prospects in baseball. They're, he's the guy who's going to come replace Springs. And then they got a guy named Tyler Glass now who's uh, getting ready to, to start pitching off the mound. So, you know, I think that they just have such a group of players that they're always like, hey, half our guys are going to get injured, and we got these other half that are going to come up and produce. Do you have any major surprises to start this season, whether it's in the numbers or just teams, individuals? I think the Cubs are a pleasant surprise. Uh, and uh, – uh, I, I don't know. I, I you know, it's still pretty early to to make any proclamations about what's going on. I I do think that um, I think that a lot of the stuff that we said uh, ahead of the season is proving to be correct. That the stolen base uh, numbers would be a, a huge increase with the rules, and then we're also seeing that offense is is big up uh, because of the shift rules. Is and, the ball a little different? And uh, the drag is down. The ball is flying more than it used to. Um, and that is something that is meaningful in small samples, so I don't know what that means. Though. So I could bust out my X-Files music, and I could go <laughs> all conspiracy on you. I did that one night. Well, I, I, but that's too many toggles, man. You you allow them to run crazy on the base pass. You change the shift rules, and you change the ball. You, you're liable to, to have uh, every game go 7-5. to five. Well, oh, God, I, I don't want to bring up the gambling aspect, but uh, <laughs> most A's games have gone over. Yeah. Most A's games have gone the over. I just know that from oh, that's, my, that's... My, my gambling guy in Vegas. Is like, hey, do you realize, I think it was going into yesterday's game, I think the A's were 10-5-1 hitting the over, over, and then you look at last night's game at the over. That's that's the that's uh, the betting market trying to get used to what the new run environment is, I think. you got to get used to it. But we knew ahead of the time, I said on the show, that uh, analysts told me that it would be one run extra per game due to the shift. My whole thing, why I think it's a conspiracy is, and it's understandable that baseball would be a little bit worried. We've got all these things going on, whether they're going to work or not. We know we know deep down they're going to work, but what if they don't? At least if the ball's flying out of the ballpark, everybody's yeah. happy, right? <laughs> you got to so, keep the homers going. So, my, that's like, it's like, did we, and that is the problem, like, in, in all these other sports, we're not questioning what kind of puck we're using. We're not questioning oh the football. God, we're not crazy. questioning the why, – why do we continue to question what baseball we're using? You know, part of it is uh, is sort of insane because there is a lot of batch-to-batch -batch variation in, in the baseball. It is the only one that is handmade out of all the things you've said, you know. So there's always going to be some variation. I mean, the puck the is just rubber. Right, yeah. Like you can just have some machine, frozen rubber. Some machine just stamp that out, right? That's going to be the same. NHL. Yeah. NHL. Exactly. exactly. So uh, that's always going to be that's going to be a source of noise. And uh, going back, I think the home run explosion in '87 was due to a ball change. So like there have been changes in the past. Some people think that some of the st the steroid home run explosion could be due to a ball change too. So the, this is a thing that we now can measure precisely. 
And so we are more up in arms about it every year because we can measure it precisely. Yeah. But it has been going on for a long time. All right. We normally wouldn't have you to lead off the show, but we had to get you out of here early. What are you doing tonight? Oh, God, you're going to make me admit it on air. I'm going to a fish show. Going to a fish show. I'm going to a concert in Berkeley. That's where I'm going. Oh, wow. Thank you for, for, for spitting me in. <laughs> how many how many deep are you going to be before Fish even uh, takes the stage? Well, I threw my back out, so I'm definitely going to go have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you threw your back out? Uh, I'm trying not to wince right now. That bad, huh? Yeah. You're not there. on the IL. You're still performing. Yeah, that's right. I'm battling through it. So Fish will be a bunch of uh, middle-aged. Yeah, right. Isn't that what a Fish concert is these yeah, days? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Thanks for that jab. <laughs> I do listen to young people's music sometimes. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on your weekly show. I mean, it's an honor to have him. I mean, he's one of the top columnists in baseball for The Athletic. It's great to it's have all the insight. And uh, field work, we got to get something going here soon. We got to get right. it. We, we, we got to. Andrew, we're going to get it done. We got we to get Maybe going. Maybe on this next uh, road, road trip. Have a, uh, have, a, have a fun time at the concert. Thank you. Will you please play the man? Oh, wait a minute. How is the Sam? The sandwich was made up of what in New York? A sandwich is now named after him. That's right, the knuckleball, although, you know, not named after me, but I spent a year making it. And uh, this is going to sound gross, but it was great. Uh, it was uh, uh, a braised pork knuckle head cheese that we then uh, breaded and fried. And what happens then is the gelatin inside, almost like a soup dumpling, a zalong bao, uh, when, you, when they put gelatin inside and you heat it up, it turns into soup. So basically, we had like a soup cutlet. It was crunchy on the outside, and the inside it was kind of like a pork soup. And we put some uh, tomato sauce around that and put it on ciabatta. So good. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in. <laughs> where, where that's in New York? Yeah. <laughs> we got to do an A's, A's Cast Live road trip to New York. You know what? We've got a, we've got a road map now. I'm going to go to Fieldwork and be like, hey, let's do a special food. Let's do a Can special Can they send drink. it out to us? Well, no. I'm just. We'll do something new with field work. We'll, we'll, you and I. We'll come up with a. We'll come up with a, a, a sandwich. Deal. The great Eno Saris. <laughs> Play the man's outro. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight tap room locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. We've got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I got to tell you, today, mark the date. 
What is today, April 18th? And this is April 18th. I don't even know what the days are anymore. I mean, we're just, when's the last time we had a day off? Well, we have one Thursday, but the last one was a. Well, not you. You get the weekend off. When's the last time whoa, I whoa, had. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I work Sunday. When's the last time I had the day off? Uh, uh, don't remember. We have Thursday off. I got Thursday off. I'm doing TV tomorrow. Yeah, you're TV townie tomorrow. I'm TV townie. I'll be in for the great Brody Brazil. I am still chapped at the way that Dave Stewart, Glenn Kuyper. Saw Kuyper earlier. Dallas Braden, how they attack him for fantasy camp. (laughs) When my man Brody came back like Willis Reed and helped lead his team to the championship. I'm tired of all the promotion for Brody. I'm over Brody. Why are you over Brody? And his heroic comeback. It's it's played out now. Brody's a great human being. (laughs) And you 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 know where he went to school? San Jose State. Yeah. Don't forget it. Hey, how do you feel now knowing that there's another Pittsburgh guy in the, at the ballpark? We're multiplying. Mason Miller's now here. Is he a Pittsburgh guy? Bethel Park High School. Waynesburg University. Yeah, where the hell is that? That's in Western PA, not far from where I went to school. Where did he originally? Didn't he go somewhere else? No, he went there, then he went to Gardner-Webb, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it was the other way around. Neither of these – I have no idea where these schools are, what they Gardner are. Gardner-Webb's in North Carolina. What division are these guys in? Uh, Waynesburg is in the – How's he 6'5", 200, not playing D1? Uh, Waynesburg – That's my first question. Get him up. Where's Mason Miller? Get him here. Waynesburg's in the President's Athletic Conference, and then Gardner-Webb is in what they call the Big South. The Big South? Yeah. Never heard of it. So there you go, Mason Miller. I want here. I want I want him here. Go, you throw 100 miles an hour and you're six five. How are you playing low low level baseball in college? I mean, think about it. He grew up in he grew up in Pittsburgh where the weather sucks until April. He's still throwing a hundred. What was he throwing a hundred, or did yeah. he just figure that out? No, I think he was. I mean, I, I I remember when I played. There was no when I played high school baseball. No one threw that hard. There was like one kid to throw the hard. No, we threw a hundred. There was a guy to throw like in the mid nineties. Like Nolan Ryan was the only guy in Alvin, Texas, and everybody showed up and went, "How is this even possible?" Okay. Getting back to April 18th, it's a Tuesday. I want everybody, I'm not going to say mark your calendars because none of you use calendars anymore. Put it on your phone. Today is the day everything changed. If you've been listening to the Clubhouse show, I walk you through how things work. And I know I. it's like I spread breadcrumbs. You've got to follow them, though, because I just can't come out and just spell everything. I, I put breadcrumbs out there. You've got to follow it. I said, this isn't going to last. That's why I write the 26 down at the start of every single year. I got it in my portfolio. I got the 26. And if you come out and you're losing out of the gate, this is not going to be the tw- this This 26 isn't going to stay. Now, obviously, with injuries and stuff, but that's not what I was talking about. Blackburn, Rusinski. Blackburn, by the way, the setback now with the blister, my God. Rusinski pitching tonight in Vegas. Uh, there's going to be changes. That's how this front office rolls. And what is really going to be the, the, the stuff to look at is now this is truly 100% David's for, David Force show. Ran into good friend, friend of the program, Billy Bean the other day. That's correct. Oh, here comes Ken Rosenthal. Billy and I had a nice little chat the other day. I'll move out of the way. And uh, obviously, he, he is not he's, – he's just in support of David. That's what he does. He is not 
It's a day-to-day David Force show, and David is not going to sit around, and we're seeing it. Not going to sit around and just wait. And Ken Rosenthal, the great Ken Rosenthal, is going to join us here. And there's going to be a lot of changes. And it's um, it, it's what it is. That that, And to have someone like Mason Miller, not someone that's had, had a bunch of time in AAA. I mean, this is something that uh, uh, he's coming up and, and we are going to see him. And it's refreshing to know that we're going to kind of make those changes as the great Ken Rosenthal joins us here on A's Cast Live once again. It's great to have you back. How are you? Chris, how are you? Good to be here. And it was like two spring trainings ago last time we saw I you. I know, I know. Well, it's been a little bit crazy the last couple of years. Lockout, yeah. WBC. So it's great to be here. Well, you know, you're a great person to ask. Cause speaking of the WBC and the new rules, I couldn't remember the last time going into a season we had so much momentum, good momentum going into, and now with the rules working, uh, just what do you think of baseball right now? I would totally agree with that, that the momentum coming into this season was much better than in the past couple, right? We had the lockout, we had COVID, we had all kinds of things going on, and the WBC was a great launching point for this season, and then the rules. The rules Chris have made as you know, a huge difference in the play, the pace of play, the time of game, of course, but I don't know that that's everything because we can see a great three-hour game, but it's the pace of that three-hour game now that matters. And the sport is just more enjoyable. And I think for the players and talking to them, it's more fun to play. Their athleticism can show. They can do things that maybe they were restricted from doing before. So overall, it's as positive a place for the sport as it's been in quite some time. There's no threat of labor problems. We're four years away from that. Yeah. It's a good place. This is Ricky Henderson Field. This is where the greatest base dealer grew up, born and raised here, played here. I'm an 80s kid, so I remember Vince Coleman, Tim Raines. I try and tell all these kids who watch the show, that was baseball to me. We're seeing it again. Yes, and... Well, Ricky, of course, was the ultimate, and there'll never be another Ricky. And I remember covering games in this park, late 80s, early 90s, with some of those teams that they had, and it was so much fun. But, yes, the fact that the running game is back is a huge thing for the sport, and it's exciting. It adds an element that's been missing, and I don't know how it's all going to play out (laughs) because teams will adjust, they'll do different things, and... If the success rate falls, teams will back off. But I don't know how much it's going to fall with these rules. So it's going to be really interesting to see. It'd be interesting to ask Ricky. I think, actually, the Athletics Brick Garoli did ask him this. That is correct. How many would you steal in this environment? (laughs) I I forgot Ricky's answer. It was probably like 200 or something. Well, right now we have a 95% success rate stealing third. He loves stealing third. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like any of those guys. But the one thing that I think about – because we started to see a blueprint where all 30 teams look the same, the yes. way they were building their yes. teams. Now, if we get in a game, we're still going to have the Yankees trying to hit the ball the ballpark in certain teams. But now running teams versus home run teams, teams truly built on speed and defense. Isn't that better for our game to have multiple matchups? Styles make fights. I totally agree. I don't know that it's going to happen. And one executive is explaining to me that the best way to score is still to walk and hit home runs. Yeah. Okay. I get that. But my question to him was about the point you just raised. Won't it be good to see maybe Arizona, the way they're playing, Kansas City, the way they're playing. This guy was saying, no, no, no. It's still going to be home runs and walks. But 
I don't necessarily agree with that. And there will be more of a diversity of style here. And that, too, is healthy. The game was too one-dimensional. It was all power, all power on both sides. Velocity is all that mattered. And from an offensive standpoint, hit the ball out of the ballpark. Well, we'll see if velocity holds. It's holding so far as the pitch clock has an effect on guys as time goes on. Will there be more injuries? Will guys lose a little bit of their fastball? Will they throw more breaking pitches? Because that clock and the accelerated pace takes a toll. I don't know the answers to any of these, but it's going to be really interesting to find out. If you look in your crystal ball, obviously Oakland is a situation. Baseball needs to figure this out. If you look in your crystal ball, I know you hear a lot of different things. I mean, you're the top insider in our game. What do you think happens with our franchise? I don't know. And my instinct is they end up in Vegas. But I know from being here that there's tremendous passion here for the team among the team's fans. And while we don't always see all of them here, the ones who are here are extremely passionate, and there are others out there wanting and waiting to come back. So, I'm not an expert on Bay Area politics, yeah. but if they ever could figure it out, in my view, the franchise could be successful here. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on A's radio yeah. or whatever. I've seen this. We all see this, and we all know it. But it has to happen. And how long have we been talking about this? It's insane time. how long we've been talking about it. So I would hope the commissioner is good to his word and that this gets resolved one way or the other by the end of the year because it's not a healthy situation for Oakland, for the players, for the staff, for the front office, for the fans. It needs to come to an end. Let's end on this. As so many things in baseball are changing, our fans understand, as we created A's Cast, which started out as audio, now video, we're by far number one in Major League Baseball. Uh, what helps is we're a, a tech-friendly world here in the Bay Area. But as you mentioned, the interest, I've always said the athletic. People would have thought paying for a website, well, it's journalism that's second to none. Eno Saris joins us every single week. He was just here. I talk about whether you're a football fan, a baseball fan. I get all the soccer updates, NBA for Warrior fans. Subscribe to The Athletic because it's truly great journalism. We now have the problem in baseball with cable. Yeah. So we took a leap with this. You took a leap in your career with The Athletic. Mm -hmm. And I think there's going to be a whole new leap with how we're watching games on devices or television. Our world, we've been in it, but I think baseball, people are starting to realize how we get our information and how we watch baseball is changing in front of our eyes. It always does. And I can just look at my own career. I've had to adapt at many different stages because of the different forms of getting information out there and talking about things and writing about things. And that's the natural course of events. And as technology becomes more prominent and new things are introduced that's what happens and baseball yes there's an adjustment period that's going to have to go on now with the streaming situation we all know that hopefully we get to a better place where fans are not blacked out anymore and it seems to me the people in the commissioner's office understand this it's getting from point a to point b that's not so easy i get that but this too needs to be resolved well i'll tell you what second to none whether it's writing television you name it He's the best in our game, and oh, it's thanks, always an Chris. honor to have you on the program. I appreciate that, man. Thanks very much. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
This is Chris Townsend. There are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Yeah, how many bags would Ricky steal today? I don't even think you can put a number on it. It's cra- I mean, we're getting this data, and it's just guys are taking bigger leads. Now, I don't know what the leads are because we didn't have stat cast. Got to remember, a lot of the stuff that we're bringing up these days, we start we talk about the Statcast data. Statcast didn't start till 2015, right? Yeah, 2015. Nine years ago or yeah. whatever it was. 2015. So I can't tell you what Ricky's leads were in '85 or '86 or '88 or '90. I mean, I mean, Ricky played for 24 years, so I can't tell you what. Oh, they're going to say he played for 24 teams, also. Mariner great Ricky Henderson. I always remember him as, an, as a uh, Red, Red Sox, Sox, Dodger, Padre. <laughs> was it eight teams? Yankee. Right? Yankee. So A's, Yankee. I mentioned Mariners. I mentioned Red Sox, Don't Padres, Dodgers, Met, Met. The great Met. And uh, one more team. Who else do you play for? Let me think. Let me pull up his teams. Because I feel like the team I'm thinking of you already mentioned. Ricky Henderson. We got seven. He played for eight. Or did he play for seven? Um, we had this conversation with him at, at a banquet one time. He was laughing. I told him, <laughs> I remember that going, Red Sox great Ricky Henderson. He nine to, teams. Huh? Nine teams. Nine, we're missing two. Who are we missing? You're forgetting Angel Legend. Angels. <laughs> And you said Dodger, right? I said Dodger. All right. Uh, so we got A's, Yankees, yeah. Yeah. Padres, yeah. Mets, Red Sox, Dodger, yeah. Angel, Mariner, Blue Jay. Blue Jay. That's what we forgot. <laughs> I was gonna. I, th- I was thinking that, and I'm like, yeah, it feels too And easy. how do we forget Blue Jay? See, we're, we're goofing with the Mariners and the Red Sox. He was a World Series <laughs> champion with the Toronto Blue Him Jays. Him and Stu, right? Yeah, when they got traded over to that powerhouse team. Basically, they went from winning with the A's to winning with the Blue Jays. Uh, Ricky, Stu won one. Ricky only won one with Toronto. I still have it open. Hold on. He only won one. There, Rick- Toronto won two straight. He was on one of them. Ricky was on, yeah, the 93 team. Then he was back in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> he was a two-time, well, he was a, what, four-time A? Yeah. Two-time Padre? Padre. I, one of the great, one of my, have I, have I told the interview about uh, interviewing Ricky at Candlestick Park? Have I told you that interview? I don't think so. And the basis, that, well, the, 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 the craziness of the interview is how, how old school this was. So, Ricky's playing cards, always playing cards, gets up from playing cards. I go up, I introduce myself, hey, Ricky, Chris Townsend, KMBR. Uh, it's back when I was doing Giant stuff. I said, hey, can I get you for the Giants pregame show? No problem. So we're in the corner of the clubhouse at Old Candlestick Park, 
And Glenn Allen Hill from Santa Cruz is right next to us. Shook Glenn Allen Hill's hand because I didn't interview. I'm young in my career at this one. What year was he a Met? I want you to check. What year was Ricky a Met? Like what year? This has got to be late 90s. Ricky was a New York Met in 1999 and 2000. So this is 99. This is towards the start of my career. Well, I got in like 96, 97, but now I'm more prominent on air, whatever. So um, say, Glenn Allen, how you doing? And so I started doing the interview with Ricky Henderson. Ricky's fabulous, by the way. Like every single time I've ever dealt with Ricky Henderson, he's great. But there was back then this idea that Ricky was tough to deal with which was bogus because everybody you talk to. Now, did Ricky always want more money from general managers? That's your prerogative. It's your career, right? It's what are you worth? What do you think you should be getting? But with, with people like us, Ricky's fabulous. He's always been. And then throughout my Raider career, right, I would see Ricky on the field. Uh, when I used to have to walk through the West Side Club to go do the postgame show I would towards the end of the game, I would see, I'd walk through the West Side, I would see Ricky in the bar, say hello to him. Ricky would be, Ricky Henderson's one of the greatest American athletes. I mean, when you think about his records and everything, right? I mean, Ricky is an all-time great in, in, in not only baseball, but when you look at his dominance, I mean, he's one of the dominant, most dominant American sport athletes of all time. He has records. When you have records, when you're Wayne Gretzky and you're, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and you start looking at these guys that have all these records, Ricky's up there with these records. Most stolen bases, most runs scored. I mean, he's a big deal. Ricky's just sitting at the bar hanging with people drinking at the end of the Raider games. I mean, that's how cool Ricky Henderson is. But but the point is, I'm interviewing Ricky Henderson. Glenn Allen Hill lights up a cigarette. (laughs) And he's just sitting there listening to us doing the interview just sitting there, and he's smoking a cigarette. And I remember, so Glenn Allen, I'm interviewing, Ricky Henderson's here. Glenn Allen's behind him, and I'm interviewing Ricky Henderson, and I'm like, dude is smoking in the clubhouse. Yeah, that, uh, was he, Jim Leland? I was just like, you know, like, you could do that back in the big leagues. I mean, one of the greatest Super Bowl pictures of all time is Lenny Dawson. Yeah, I know this one. Lenny Dawson, Hall of Fame quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, halftime Super Bowl Chiefs-Packers. He's on a fold-out chair, halftime, drinking a Fresca, smoking a cigarette. Halftime. It was about 1960. Good luck. What year was the first Super Bowl? Super Bowl three. Yeah, so but, uh, 68. Super Bowl two or Super Bowl three or whatever it was in the sixties. I know that four. I don't know. I don't want to. I'm not going to look. But it's one of the great pictures of all time. To where now you go in there, guys are having IVs and all this stuff going on. It's like a halftime of an NFL game's crazy. Not old Leonard Dawson in there smoking a cigarette, drinking a Fresca, Fresca. a cola. Is Fresca still around? I think it is. I have no idea. Yeah, did we have Fresca up here for a while? I think so. Now, yeah, only at the Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, getting back to, we kind of got a little delayed here, but getting back to remember this date, put it in your phone, April 18th. We're making changes. And David Force is showing us as the man in charge of this franchise, 
He's not afraid. Mason Miller, you can't make this up. He has pitched in 11 games. Don't tell me about fall ball. Don't tell me about college. He has pitched in minor league baseball. Because fall ball is just a collection of a bunch of dudes. This is playing for a team, getting paid by a team, playing against other guys who are paid by a team. It's minor league baseball. He has thrown 11 games, 10 starts, 28 and two-thirds innings. Now, he struck out 53 and has a 0.70. Anything under one, two whip, pretty good. you're cool, right? Uh, 0.70 whip, 53 strikeouts, and 28 and two-thirds. But he has pitched in 11 games, 10 starts. And the fact that you're calling him up, all the stuff that we've heard, you've got to have 1,500 innings. You've got to have 500 at-bats before you should be able to come up to the big leagues. 1,500 innings. This guy's had 28. Isn't it the other way? Is it the other way around? I feel like that's a lot of innings. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. 500 <laughs> innings, 1,500 at-bats. You're spending your entire career in the minor leagues where you come up. Switch it. 500 <laughs> innings, 1,500. 500 innings. He's had 28 and two-thirds. That was a good catch, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, his last start was five. Just like innings. me calling Dansby Swansby. Swan, well, I mean, he's hey, hey my you, boy Swanson. I'm a big Dansby guy. When, when when you're hitting as well as he can, you can call him whatever you want. Uh, I said this in San Diego at the winter meetings. We had all those shortstops. Trey Turner signed the eleven so eleven year Hobart. deal. So wasn't Hobart in Philly. Eleven year deal. Correa hadn't signed with the eight teams he signed <laughs> with this off season. Bogarts hadn't signed yet with the Padres. How long? Bogarts is eleven or ten. Uh, Bogarts was 11, I'm pretty sure. So you got the, oh, wait a minute, is Turner 13? Oh, no, that's Harper. Turner's at 11. Y- yeah, yes. Harper's is a 13 Why are we forgetting? They were all, like, really weird years. What, whatever. I said, I, I said, we, we, that was one of our topics for the winter meetings. I said, who will play shortstop the longest? Who will actually be paid to play short? These guys are all hitting free agency. It's all, oh, look at all the shortstops, remember? That was one of the big, the big topic was, Judge, and then it was the shortstops at the winter meetings. Correct? Yes. Those are the two topics. Where's Judge going, and then what's up with the shortstops? And the first guy to sign out anybody was Trey Turner with the big blow going to the Phillies, whoever he was negotiating with. Supposedly the Padres again. He was the guy. But um, Going back to the Padres. I said if I could have one guy who's going to be playing shortstop for me, I'm taking old Dansby Swanson. Yeah, we called him Swanson then, but it's now Swansby. We I That's start mixing this, the name Swansby. Like we call like we call uh, SD, we call him SD Ruiz. He's just Swansby now. He's combined his name. There you go. <laughs> it's like Madonna Swansby. But Swanson, I, this kid, world champion. I mean, I'm shocked. The the Braves are now. Braves are doing great, by the way. Uh, looking at the Braves. Pretty the, good. You want you want you want some numbers on the Braves? They're they're taking on the Padres. Uh, the Braves, the Atlanta Braves, have won nine of ten road games, including seven in a row. Seven in a row road games. That is, uh, that's that's a hell of a start. I mean, everyone on the team's hitting. Uh, they were worried about what's going to happen to shortstop with Grisham, but Arcia uh, Arcia is playing well. They're pitching. They, Max Fried's coming back now. They're a good team. He pitched I, yesterday for me. Yeah, I just don't understand why people thought they for were going to take a step back. Gave me, he, gave me, yeah. he gave me five and dive and no runs. Well, I had Corbin Burns, and he got hurt, so. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Woodruff burns both uh, out. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, they're going to talk about injuries. Say, <laughs> DeGrom's hurt again. <laughs> it's just precautionary. He's hoping to make his next start. Okay. Can't make this up. <laughs> not scapula, not elbow, not shoulder. Because he did, wasn't he one of these scapula guys? I, I think so. We, all of a sudden, guys are hurting their scapulas. And the only time I always people talk about scapulas was golf. How you turn, it's your back, how you're turning. I never pictures talk about scapulas. But we had that with, um, what's it, McCar- um, Brandon McCarthy. He yes. had a scap. He was the original scap problem, if, if you remember back when he had to have surgery. But you got all this stuff that DeGrom's dealt with. He leaves his start after four. Four. Because of Hitless a innings. R- wrist injury? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It'd be the correct term is right wrist soreness. The Grom has right wrist soreness. You you you, you can't what you can't you can't throw a baseball. <clears throat> they called the move. The Rangers called the move precautionary. The Grom and I quote from Jacob De Grom, "I'm honestly not too concerned. I would like to think I'll make my next start, but we'll see how tomorrow it is." So I haven't, I haven't you're seen paying enough. him 180 million. And he's got a wrist problem now. Stop shortchanging him. 185. Wrist. I can't go. I I can't. I can't go more than four innings. My wrist. I mean, seriously. Somebody else got hurt. Oh, Hunter Green got hurt last night, or left the start. But then he got. Re- then he got a new contract today. Yeah, five years. How six much? six years, fifty three million uh, with the team option for twenty twenty nine. Good for Cincinnati. Yeah, he's the only player signed through next year. He's a great story out of Los Angeles, California. The deal can max out around ninety ninety one point two million dollars. Yeah. So and, good for him. And you know what? We talked about that. When you're signing right now these deals, let's call let's call it the floor of 60, 70 million. The high is about 120. Nobody bats an eye now. It's not a big deal. They're like great deals for you as a player for a couple reasons. No one's going to freak out about the money. No one's going to put extra pressure on you about the money and it's generational wealth. You're getting every penny so if you make seventy-five million to ninety-five million to hundred and ten, you're never going to have a problem with money. Your kids are never going to have problems with money. Well, after they inherit it and blow it, that's not your problem. You'll be dead. <laughs> I was gonna say, you're but you know how your family deals with it. No one should have a problem. Put it this way: your kids want to go to Stanford. They want to go to USC. They want to go to Notre Dame, uh, Harvard. Yeah, you can afford it. You got no problems, right? You're not dealing with what I'm dealing with where I'm going to have two kids going to college at the same time. I got problems. You don't have that problem. But And the kind of money that if you sign for $80 bucks, kind of like what Brandon Crawford. When Brandon yeah. Crawford signed his deal, nobody went, what? Everybody just went, oh, cool. And no one since. And Brandon Crawford, and I know I hammered the Giants, and I love to hammer the have they Are they losing yet? To the to my fish. They have an update. So I'll pull to it my up. Marlins. We pulled up. Uh, by the way, Book Shami um, said he's not able to do it today. He sends his regards. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, Otani. If he's a- in the elevator. What's up, Boog? Otani had a home run. By the uh, way, he, he could be in the elevator going up, listening right now. Come on, Boog. Uh, Come Mar- on, bro. Marlins up four two in the fifth. Marlins are up four two in the fifth on the Giants. Yeah, but, I mean, to give a little – I mean, Brandon Crawford's a three-time World Series champion. I mean, he's had an outstanding career. He will go down as one of the best shortstops of his generation. I don't disagree with that. Very good defensive shortstop. Very he good. Hit a couple – Power, best, he's had some power his, years. His best year hitting was it's like two years ago. a Bay Area guy from yeah. the East Bay, P-Town, Pleasanton. Yeah, he his best year hitting was like two years ago. 
where his slugging percentage was through. It was here when the Giants won 107 games. Slugging percentage through the roof at like 33 years old. And then now he's a grass. He's hitting 160 right now for the Giants. But, but no one, he signed his deal and no one said boo. That's one of those deals I'm talking about. You sign it and then it's like, oh, great. And then, I mean, that, that, it, it's when you get to a certain threshold, now you're going to have people looking at your numbers and looking at your contract. We're always going to be looking at your numbers and looking at your contract. I mean, Julio Rodriguez, J Rod, love the kid. He's got star written all over him. He's got a good looking kid, great smile. I know Moneyball, Billy Bean, Brad Pitt, we're not selling jeans here, but he looks like a star. Uh, I, yesterday, you told me he stunk and Jared Kelnick was the future. <laughs> what happened? I, what did I say yesterday? They're going to oh. tear down the Griffey statue and put the Speak, Kelnick speaking up. Speaking of that, I don't mean to bring it up real quick, but uh, I said the Kings, and well, that's 2 0 two oh now. I'm going to let you stand here <laughs> by yourself in front of all the East Bay fans and all the Bay Area fans and talk trash about the Warriors. The floor is yours. They have won a road game. They won 11 road games all year. Until they win a road game in the postseason, I can't say they're going to win the series. Go ahead and tell everybody how you're a Sacramento Kings fan. Well, this is Cody Elias, Commander <laughs> Cody, on A's Cast Live. Chris Townsend, the host of the show, who once carried the Warriors to two championships, <laughs> as I did the Warriors pre- and post-game show for two of their championships. I covered the Warriors back when Latrell Sprewell choked P.J. Carlissimo. I was a part of that, too. Well, Long-time cool. Warrior fan is not a part of this conversation. I am out of the picture. The floor is yours. What, what? Brag on the Sacramento Kings. Go ahead. Tell everybody how I, you feel. I, I just did. Until they win a road game, I can't say they're going to win the series. Tell them about Light the Beam and how happy you are. Uh, well, I, I'm not a, I don't hate the Light the Beam like a lot of people do. I think it's something cool and creative they came up with. Tell Warrior fans that you're glad they're miserable right now. I don't think I don't think they're. I'm not glad they're miserable. I'm just go happy. against them. Go against them. I'm happy them. to see that Sacramento is doing well. Oh wow! Coming from a small, it's like relating to the Pirates. You're, the Warriors have went through a lot of bad years. At least they made a playoff run in one of them. Folks, this is when you hear fake news on when they're talking politics. This is fake news in sports because what he's saying to you now is not what he says off the air. I'm not going to sit here and say the series is over, but the series is over. Fake news. All right. There, there's I your, think it goes six. There's your Sacramento Kings. Yeah. I am not a part of that. Kings got to win. Or Warriors got to win game five in Sacramento. I am a Golden Gotta State Warriors Got to win game fan. five. Got to win game. Win a road playoff game. Hey, you know what? We, 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 At least we know the gentleman's sweep isn't on the board anymore because that ended yesterday. So, you know, I've seen a, uh, I've seen a lot of. I've seen a lot in baseball recently. Teams don't win the World Series, but they win some playoff series, and they seem to be pretty satisfied with that. And what happens? Are you throwing? Are you throwing shade, as they say, at the San Diego Padres? I mean, there were some teams last year that they won some playoff series, and they act like they won everything. And the way they started out. I mean, there's one team that wins the World Series. I mean, everybody after that, everybody should be hungry. Should be hungry, Philly. Should be hungry, San Diego. Philly. Philly. Bob, Bob Melvin told me in spring training, he was shaking his head going, you're not going to believe this. I, I, I'm not making this up. Robert Melvin told me this in spring training, <laughs> that they actually have been talking about the parade route before the start of the season being part sea, part land. Aren't and they- Melvin couldn't believe it. Like You know Melvin. Melvin was on this show for eight years. Bob Melvin would never talk about a parade route. That this is not 
This is and Melvin was shaking his head. You're not going to believe what people people are like down here. Well, aren't they? What are yeah. they? What are they right now? Eight and ten. They're, they stink. Juan Soto's hitting that one eleven. They're they're. I think they're eight and ten. Padres are two. Yeah, they're eight and ten. They're, yeah, they're two they're, games they're, under five hundred. They can't hit. Well, Juan Soto's hitting a buck eleven at home. Manny Manny Machado's hitting one fifty six last eight games. This is classic Manny. Things will change. Don't jump on the bagwan. Don't jump on the bandwagon later. Later on, when we start effing raking and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Well, I mean, Manny, everybody in San Diego has had their lips puckered to you the whole time. You who who down there is not puckered, kissing your behind yet? Who who's trashing them down there? Uh, well, they they had a parade route already <laughs> scheduled for the championship. What are you talking about? Uh, the thing with them too is well, their season's going to be saved on Thursday. That's what everyone keeps saying. Steroid guy's back. Nando's back. The steroid guy. He's already in the club. He's already in the dugout. He's actually with the team right now. Are you? Are you cool with a guy being popped? And we've we we can't sit here. We're a glass house. We've had multiple guys popped. PEDs. Frankie Montas. Bartolo Colon, which is still the biggest shocker ever. Ramon. I'll say it again. If you would have lined up, that was the same year Melky Cabrera got popped for the Giants. And I know exactly how Melky got. Oh, maybe Have I ever done that story? Yes. If you would have lined up every single Giant, every single A, and said, everybody take your shirt off, and you would have said, all right, pick the guys who are on PEDs, no one would have picked Melky, and nobody would have picked Bartolo Colon. Melky hit like, wasn't he like 350 at the All-Star break? <laughs> Nobody would have picked Bartolo Colon. No. He's the worst bad body guy, great pitcher of all time. One of them. One, no, One of them. I think he might be. I, don't I take Bartolo Colon right now. He's a strike throwing. We talk about we can't throw strikes. I'll take Bartolo Colon right now throwing strikes. Now you make me wonder who's some other bad body pitchers. Rick Rushell. Yeah, that's one. Uh, I almost said. Gagne, but he got bigger. As Gagne kid. was on roids. Yeah. What are you talking about? John Lackey. Fernando when he got older. Yeah. The great Fernando Valenzuela. Who was great? Fernando was great. But Fernando ah. was kind of a – Fernando, old Fernando. I'm talking old Fernando looked like a beach ball with arms. <laughs> oh, no uh, offense. Oh, come on. Boomer. David Wells. Oh, Boomer. <laughs> I mean, his name's Boomer. Yeah. It just gives it away right there. <laughs> Have you met a skinny Boomer? Well, uh, know, Boomer Siasen was a pretty. Then you got well, you got Boomer. You got you got uh, Chris Berman. So that kind of cancels that one out. I take Bartolo. Colon. I don't, where, <laughs> where is Bart? Is he, he's playing somewhere? Is he playing in the Mexican League? Uh, ooh, let's see. Let's see where Barty is. You, I know I want a lot of young players here with the A's, but uh, I take Bartolo Colon right now. But getting back to Mason Miller, who's going to be going tomorrow, going to be big news. But you know what? I don't – I'm glad the way that it's happening. I think everybody's celebrating these pitchers making their debuts or making their home. Like, I mean, I understand it. We're all trying to market and we're all trying to make money. And Fuji having T-shirts made for him. What was the kid, Grayson Rodriguez in Baltimore? They yeah. had the shirts made for him at home when we were playing them. And he had a bad debut at home. And we put a lot of pressure on these. I like how the fact that it's going to be a day game. Just announced it today. But I do like how David Forrest, now let's take let's take some chances. Let's have these guys come up earlier. Let, let, let's see it. You know, Soderstrom, let's see it. Geloff, oh. when you're ready, let's see it. Let's see it. 
Yeah, I was going to say going back to Mason Miller, he made the one start last week, last Friday, went five hitless innings, struck out 11 on only like 60-something pitches. It was great to see. I mean, going from double-A to the majors and skipping the PCL might be a good move for some some pitchers and organizations. I mean, the, the Angels have been doing it now with their guys. Well, yeah, you want you want your guys to go get their brains beat in in triple yeah. A. It's yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, there's guys on there, the Jared Canings of the world who had a really good first half last year in Vegas. That is a outlier com- compared to what everyone else is doing in the PCL. Yeah, I mean, it's the numbers the play that the pitchers aren't that bad, the hitters aren't that good. Sorry, Sky Bold is not Babe Ruth. It's just it's just a reality. But but we do have to realize that's where they play. And hopefully you've got eyes down there that are saying okay whatever the numbers are the way i watch this guy the way he performs he's legit this guy is legit he's a player i know they just had a five game series in reno or they just had a five game series in, in colorado springs whatever elevation thin air but when i watch this guy this guy can play because we're not moving these triple a teams no, and you're, if you want to look at the best example, we're, we've mentioned him so many times in the last week, but the guy leading triple and home runs, as of, I didn't look today, but as of yesterday, was Joe Adele. The guy couldn't hack it. He hasn't been good in the majors, but he, he hits well in AAA. And then the other guy was leading. Uh, well, I, I don't know. How well did he hit AAA when he was younger? I'd have to go back and check. I mean, j- I mean, he's hitting AAA well now, but how much? I mean, was how good was he when he was younger? Because he's still as hard as it believe as hard as it is to believe. Joe Adele is still young. Yeah, he's only twenty four. And the other guy leading was Nando, but we know his story. <laughs> Earlier today on MLB Now, who was my guy, the VP of baseball operations? Morgan Sword. So he explained why we have the pickoff rule the way we have it. Because there was quite a few people, uh, you know, whether we were down in San Diego at the winter meetings spring training where people thought let's just see how this plays out and they may change it because obviously baseball is now showing it can make changes and this is something that he was asked in this interview today on MLB down could there be more changes now that baseball fans are starting to embrace change we're seeing ratings are up people are watching games at a longer tick that is all good more eyeballs more excitement in the game people can, can see some change. So could there be some more change? So some people thought, it's ridiculous. You can only throw over twice, and then the third time, if that's a balk, this is. But there's a method to the madness, and the way he explained it was so simple, and it was like, uh-huh, I get it. Because I didn't, I, you know, like Vince and Ken, they went over to uh, Chase. Chase. Yeah, Chase Field. Not, ch- not Chase. Not uh, Chase Center in San yeah, Francisco. Yes. Chase Field used to be the Bob back yes, in the day yeah. uh, where the D-backs play. And there was a full video, and they went there. They already explained all the different rules. But it's this simple. When you have a timer and you got a guy on first base and you're a pitcher, if, if guys were able to just sit there, come set, and then step off and look over to first base, and you'd have to reset the timer – well, it would defeat the purpose of the timer because I, as a pitcher, could always – why am I – as a pitcher, I could always come set, look over, look over, step off, come back. Now we got to reset the timer, then reset the time. They had to figure a way to keep you from being able to do that. You just can't keep resetting the timer. 
So what they did was they said, okay, you can throw over twice. You're resetting the timer twice. You do it a third time, there's a penalty. Because they know by the third time you're throwing over, odds are the percentages when you throw over a third time. Because what happens is each time you throw over, if you didn't have a rule, you're kind of you're getting the runner back. He's now getting used to going back. The third time you throw over, unless he's so far out there going, I'm going, I'm going. A lot of times the third time over, you're not getting the guy. You, that percentages would just show that. But now, third time over, you got to get the guy or it's a balk. So it was basically a rule to 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 defeat pitchers from defeating the pitch timer concept. That's how they would be able to do it. They just step off, reset the timer. Step off, reset that. Well, now you can't do that. So if you step off or throw over, it's a disengagement. Well, just I mean, we, we haven't got into so it. So does yet. that make sense? That's, yeah, no, it's it, pretty no. simple. They're yeah. they're keeping you from they're keeping the pitcher from defeating the purpose of the pitch timer by only allowing them to twice disengage, step off or throw over. That's why we have the rule. That's why the rule's not changing, and that's why it works. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw it. Um, the Atlantic League came out with three new rules they're doing for the season. One of them is now disengagements in the Atlantic League they're going to start doing this year. You can only step off once. So you How many for- times can you throw over? It's, it says right here, single disengagement in conjunction with the introduction of the pitch timer. The new MLB rules restrict pitchers to, to two so-called disengagements, stepping off the mound or pickoff attempts per plate appearance without penalty. Then they go through, but it's pretty much you can only step off once. I, I have the full breakdown right here. Okay, I get the step off, but how many times can you throw over? It doesn't say. They said the reason for this is is that these disengagements reset the timer, so pretty much what you went through. Yeah. You can only, it looks like you can only do it, you can only limit to just one disengagement. I, 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 I would not want a pitcher to only be able to throw over once. Yeah, it, it, it's very drastic to basically say you can only go twice. I mean, we do we we still need that cat and mouse game with the lefty being able to throw over, and I mean, we still need that a little bit. I mean, to just basically say you can throw over once and that's it. Anything after that is a balk. That's 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 a. But I'm fine with testing it in a league like this yeah. where the games don't matter. I'm fine with that. Let's see, because the one thing say his name again, Morgan Sword. VP of Baseball on-field operations, wherever the hell his title is, he made sure to say we had a ton of data to back what we're doing. We have, we have, we have it. You know, it's point blank. This is how we implemented it. This is how it worked. He's happy that the players at this level have adapted so fast, like they always do. Professional athletes adapt. And that's the thing, if you're just a baseball fan, I get it. But if you watch the NFL, if you watch the NBA, you watch hockey. Hockey has dramatically changed. Yeah. Hockey has been change rule, oh, my God, it's not working, change back. I mean, they're very – so the other sports change rules all the time. Players, they're paid, they're great athletes, they can make the adjustments. The one I really like about the Atlantic League, and I think you'll like it, they're bringing back the double hook rule. The, the double hook. The double, the double hook designated hitter through um, pretty much if your pitcher fails, the starting pitcher fails to go at least five innings, <laughs> the club then loses their DH for the remainder of the game and must either have its pitcher hit or use pinch hitters when the spot is up the rest of the game. Okay. So my starter has That's to go five. five. I mean, this is how pathetic we have gotten with starting pitching. <laughs> this is pathetic. 
Do you realize and, – and, and we've got all these numbers every single day. You've got teams right now, and we, the athletics, are one of them. Our starting pitching is giving us no length, and we're not the only team. And when your starting pitching gives you no length – it's a recipe for absolute disaster because somebody's got to come in and get all the outs. In, in, in 162 games, 27 outs a game, it's 4,374. 4,374 outs, not counting extra innings. Somebody's got to get these outs. And if you think on a 13-man staff you're going to try and get a good percentage of these outs with the bullpen – Good luck. You starters don't go deep. I'll tell you right now, as I'm old man River, and I keep talking about starters, you go ahead and play it. Go ahead, well, play your on. new play your new little toy your new little toy. Well, I gotta find it. I'm not sitting in front of the computer, so I have to Call me old man River. Anytime you mention uh old school baseball, we're uh-huh. just gonna start playing. Don't you be upset because they tore old Space Mountain down. Don't be upset. Yeah, old Space Mountain here is telling you. I can just look, and I did this today, and I wasn't planning on doing it. I was saving this for Friday, our next show, because I knew we had a lot of other stuff going on today. But I was just cruising the old stats and look at the teams whose starters have gotten the win. You ever heard of the Tampa Bay Rays? Uh, yeah. They've, how many, hold on. They've, is it 11 wins from their They got 11 wins from their starters. How's that working out for them? Is that okay? They're, everyone else say they're, they're struggling right now. How's your Brewers doing? They're pretty good. They're I mean, place. we can go down the But I can go down to the teams that got no wins from their starters. Uh, the, a, the last A's win was the last game of last season. Waldachuk going tonight, but it was yeah. against Otani. That's yeah. the last time an A's start. By the way, A's 30th, zero wins. By the way, the record is your Pirates last year went 27 straight games to start the season without a win. There's a reason why they have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, how are the Giants doing this year? Uh, not, not great. Logan Webb's 0-4. Giants ace. have only one win from a starter. Caught a Kuntai, how are the Tigers doing this year? Uh, they're better. They just swept the Guardians. How are the Tigers doing this year? Is that updated? Because they might have. No, it won't be updated. Well, they they this might have morning. three because Rodriguez went eight innings for them today. So, so they have three. They are well under 500. Yeah, seven and nine now. Uh, Cardinals. They're right at 500, I think. Phillies. They stink. Royals. Four and 13. I mean. Your Guardians are nine you, and nine. You, you you don't want your starters to factor in these games. You think winning in starters doesn't matter because I don't even know what to say. You don't care about innings. You don't care about wins. You just care about strikeouts. I don't know. Good, good luck. XFIP. Good luck. Win probability added, whatever you want to go. I thought it was XFIP because you, Jesus X-fip. take the wheel when he, the ball releases out of your hand. That's my favorite. <laughs> you know, when the pitcher of the ball releases his hand, it's all out of his control. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I'd rather have starters to go deeper in games and get wins. I think I got a better chance in the end. Uh, but we're not, we're not going to judge our starters on that. And what are you going to judge them on? DeGrom going four innings and his wrist hurts? Someone asked me, uh, it was a great Ray Jensen, the Karate Kid, asked me yesterday, who's the greatest starter in the history of the Tampa Bay Rays? We were talking about it. And I said, Sergio Romo. Let's stop it. <laughs> stop it. But yeah, DeGrom, four innings, has wrist soreness. And wrist soreness. We'll, we'll see if he makes his next start. Yeah. I mean, that's I, innings pitch. I mean, now, now I think people are going to, we, we've talked about it. 
and probably fans are like, you guys talk about this a lot. Yeah, because we're really seeing it last year and this year. If your starters don't give you innings, boy, wow, it's a disaster. And this year is going to be a year where you've got teams who are trying and look what we got. Hey, we're going to go six starters. Well, six starters means one less reliever. And if these six starters every night are five and dive or four and dive or, hell, we're going three and dive, yeah. what do you do? Uh, is this an- How many times are you going to go to your long man? We've had to use Adam Aller and then now Adrian, Adrian Martinez. Martinez a ton. You're going to your long man already this month and already this much in the first couple weeks? It's not good. And I was thinking about this. Are we- Wouldn't you rather just have your starter get those innings instead of the yeah. long man? Yeah. I, I don't know if, if this is an outlier. It might be just – it is an outlier, but – are we maybe seeing the effects of Sandy Alcantara pitching too many innings last year? Because he's he's not pitching well so far this year. Ooh. I mean, he does have a he does have a so, good game. But. So so here's the question: What's the answer? Does anybody from a from a biomechanics, from a health status, orthopedic surgeon, whoever, does anybody have the answer to how much should guys throw? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I'm waiting because. We keep saying starters need to throw less, but now front offices are admitting the more exposure the bullpen gets in the game, the worse it is. So what, what's, the, what's the mix? What do you need? What is the mix? What do we need from our starters? What do we need from our bullpen? What's healthy and what's going to make you the most successful? Yeah, and we're seeing it now. Like, what isn't the A's really the the A's bullpen might have more innings out than the starters after what happened yesterday? No, it's close, but no, okay. we're it's a it's little good. ahead. Yeah, but I'm saying like that's that's not going to be good to start the year when your bullpen has as many many innings as your starting pitchers do. I mean, I'm all I was I'm all for your your bullpen, but when they're pitching as many innings as your starters, that's not a good thing for baseball and your team, obviously. Like. Like, how are you all in on bullpen? Like, how much do you really want? You want your bullpen more than 50% of the time? If you don't have an ace, I mean, if your guy go, comes in and pitch, if your bullpen pitches three innings every game, uh, six innings every three. I, you know what? I'm with you. If I can get seven, eight, nine, fine. Yeah. Like, just but I'm having to get four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight, nine on a regular basis. I, I think I'm spoiled from watching what the Royals did with uh, Wade Davis and Holland and uh, no, the, the uh, other. Her. Uh, her the, the crazy guy. Not Heredia. Um. Uh, man, who was their, who was their bottom? The guy, th- the guy that was hitting everybody. Now I'm, I'm going to look. That was the 20. He hit Brett, he hit, uh, Brett Laurie, if you remember. I'm pulling, up the, I'm pulling up the team when they won the World Series. Yeah. That would have been 15. Is it Heredia? Not Heredia. It starts with an H. It would have been Calvin Herrera. Yes, Herrera. Herrera, Davis, and Holland, yeah. Wasn't it Herrera that hit Brett Laurie and we had that yeah. little dust up back yeah. in the day? That Those are the guys. Remember, remember they had the guy, too, um, Finnegan, the kid they called up from TCU, pitched well in the postseason, never saw him again in the majors. Hey, the Giants won three World Series. With a great bullpen. With a terrific bullpen. But they had but they had guys during the yeah. regular season they had some that guy gave named, you innings. They had some guy named Lincecum, uh, Kane. Kaner. And uh, a uh, Bum Bumgarner and Vogelsong all pitched deep in the games. They gave you innings. You got to get some innings. And they Jake and, and put it this way: Do you really like how good is your? If you're using your bullpen this much now, what are they going to be like in six months when you do have the postseason? Uh, well, they're going to be kind of. They'll probably be overworked for sure. I mean, look. I mean, how many Domingo Acevedo's can go seventy times in a year? Yeah, well, where is he at right now? And that's one of the reasons. 
we, we see bullpen year after year, you don't see consistency in bullpens. I mean, because you're really good bullpen guys, you work the hell out of them. Yeah, and, and we've seen it with a lot of the good teams now. Like, look at how much Josh Hader was pitching for Milwaukee, him and Devin Williams. Hey, before we get to Nico Horner, I, I, I do like how MLB Network is doing the Judge Otani week. Yeah, Otani had a home run tonight. I, did he really? Yeah, two-run homer. I mean, I, I, I think that's great for our game. I know a lot of people go, oh, here we go. It's New York. and But you know what? Actually, what is the score of the game? It was 2 nothing before. It is 4 nothing. All right. Just think about it. If you've got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers going to be playing on Sunday night football or Monday night football, they bump the hell out of it. Yes. You pump the hell out of the matchups. You know, uh, Steph Curry and, you know, at the end when Kobe was coming to town. Kobe's coming in to take on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You pump the hell out of it. You do that. And it's a marquee matchup. Let's face it. Shohei Otani is a global superstar right now. Yes. He is a global superstar. My wife sent me a picture because she's an Angels fan. Apparently, they're selling Otani jerseys at Yankee Stadium. What? Yeah. She sent me something that they're selling. Let me pull it up. She sent me a text that they're selling. Yeah. Yankees selling Otani jerseys from Bleacher Report. We're all sharing the merch. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sell what you want. As, Yank, as The yeah. Yankees are selling Otani's jersey, jerseys. Otani's jerseys in the Yankees team store. Wow. It'd be different if it was like a Yankees jersey of Otani, but it's just Otani's Angels with uh, his name in Japanese on the back. The Yankees in their store at Yankee Stadium are selling an A in it. They're selling an Angels jersey that show a Otani. Yes. Old man Steinbrenner is probably rolling over in his grave. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That, that would be like Warriors selling a Cleveland LeBron, LeBron jersey during the finals. What? Yeah. Uh, that we wouldn't see that. Because it's Yankee, just a regular season. Yankees are selling an Angels jersey. Wow. Yeah. Um, also. You know what that's called? Capitalism. Yeah. It's about making money. Recruitment. They're trying to go Tani. They're like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, we're going to put Otani. Otani is not going to the I, East I Coast. Oh, well, he's also not pitching against the Yankees either. That was um, – Strategic. That was that was definitely questionable. Knowing what the weather was at game time, which, I don't know, you check your app. I don't have a Doppler, but if my app says 100% rain at the start of the game – now, they thought the rain was going to not be as steady. It ended up lying and being that steady, and they had to, they got the game in later, but, and Otani couldn't come out. But would you have saved Otani for Yankee Stadium, even though you know what the – I mean, it's, it's brief. It's what, two starts? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find those notes. I, I think I highlighted it to what he, what he does. He was like 0-2. His ERA wasn't very good, and – He's, he hits home runs against the Yankees. I don't know where I have it. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't very good. But why wouldn't you pit? Why wouldn't you? If you know it's going to rain and there's a chance, why wouldn't you save? I know you got to get a win. You don't want to get swept four games at Fenway Park. Why wouldn't you save Otani for New York? It's a fair point. I don't I mean, I don't, isn't this kind of a wasted start? I mean, he only, he only pays it. He only pitches once every six days. You're only going getting so many starts. You threw him out there. 
you know, kind of rolling the dice, knowing how long this game was going to go, a chance of having a rain delay. And once you go into rain delay, he's so precious, you're not going to throw him back out there. You just kind of wasted a start. How many innings did he get? Uh, what, on Monday, he went two innings. Uh, as a pitcher over two starts in the Bronx, he's gone three and two-thirds, allowed ten hits, 11 earned runs, five walks, three strikeouts, three home runs allowed, and one hit batter. Oh, because you're going to save him, wait for it, for the Kansas City Royals? That's correct, on Friday, Angel Stadium. You want you want to not pitch him against the Yankees to save him for the Royals? Well, you want him, you want him to – that's a, what we call stat padding. Yeah, because you want him to – oh, he went six innings and struck out 11 against the Royals instead of that's, having know, to face the Yankees. You know, you know what that means? At Yankee State. But we talk about building our game. Is there anything bigger – then the global superstar pitching against the Yankees in the Bronx. The Yankees are the number one team in our sport. They're technically, you could debate, Cowboys, Yankees, you know, the number one American sports franchise. Don't you want Otani yes. pitching at the Yankees, Yankee Stadium? Well, you know what that means if Otani <laughs> pitches well against the Royals, right? Is he a free agent in the offseason? That just means his price tag goes up because he pitched well against the Royals. Stat padding. I just, I just, from an angel standpoint, I'm just thinking about if I know there's rain and there's a, a legitimate chance at some point we're, we're putting tarps on the field, and the minute they put tarps on the field, he's done. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go opener? You're not afraid of the opener. Go opener, do whatever you need to do, and wait knowing, I'm sure we knew there was going to be no rain in New York, save him for the Yankees tonight. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the rationale behind it. Because, but Did they have the day off yesterday? Uh, no, they ended up playing the game. Oh, well, that's right. It was Patriots Day. Yeah. It was Monday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah. Why not Why not, not start him and save him for today in New York? I heard, someone say, I heard people say, what well, was the travel day for Angels? I know, grueling flight from, from Boston to New York. Flight? You sure they flew? Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like the I've did. I've done that drive from Boston yeah. to New York. It's like the NBA to, given, to given the Bronx. Given the uh, Warriors and Kings two nights Don't off. Don't drive it, mate. <laughs> Tip from Townie. Don't drive into the Bronx. I did it one time. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. Especially driving out late at night in the road. Maybe it's changed since 1999 when I did it. But, uh, yeah. Bad idea. Yeah, I've never driven to New York. I've only been to New York once. We should get the Nico Horner. All right. Bay Area kid. Grew up here in Oakland. Grew up in the stadium. I mean, his memories are are of the A's in the early 2000s. Then, as you're going to hear, 12, 13, 14, went to Stanford. Parents taught at Stanford. I think his mom teaches at Berkeley now, and she still lives in the area. It's not, you know, to get a a born and bred Oakland kid here lately, we've had a lot of Bay Area guys. We've had Bay Area guys play here, but Simeon grew up in San Francisco. Canna grew up down in the South Bay. I mean, you got an Oakland kid uh, playing here tonight. And, you know, it means a lot. And obviously a lot of people are reaching out to him. Earlier today, down in the Cubbies dugout, Nico Horner joined me for a little A's Cast Live. First thing I got to ask you is, when you look at the schedule and it comes out and you see you're going to come back home and play in Oakland, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, uh, baseball's new new setup. We're playing every team every year. Love that. And, um First time coming to Oakland is a is a great feeling. My mom still lives here. A lot of friends still in the area. Definitely saving a good amount of tickets for these games. And um, you know, it was a, a place that really helped me develop my my love for baseball. And always Oakland will always be home. I got to think you've had a ton of text. You've had a ton of people reach out. I mean, it's a big deal to come home for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a 
it's a special place for me. Awesome to share it with a lot of people to help me get to this point. And uh, it's been a good good trip. You know, there's not too many players. You know, we have a lot of guys that come back. We have guys that play for us, you know, like Marcus Simeon, Mark Hanna, and guys that grew up, whether East Bay or somewhere in the Bay Area. But you growing up in Oakland, I mean, this stadium right here, this was like a home for you. You came to A's games all the time, a true A's fan growing up. Yeah, I went to a lot of A's games, you know, Miguel Tejada, Eric Chavez, probably my favorite players when I was when I was younger, and then the Cespedes Donaldson teams, and uh, yeah. when I was in high school, a lot of fun, went to some playoff games against Detroit, uh, took a crisp walk-off, and, you know, good times here, so um, pretty amazing to, to grow up in a city with a major league team and get to watch a lot of playoff teams here, and obviously all the teams that come through, and just as a kid really helps you develop your own love of the game when you get to see it played at the highest level. It's fun because it's like my entire career. That's your fandom is my entire career coming to this team. And you think about all these guys. So when you first stepped into the clubhouse and then you walked out onto the field, what was that like? I uh, just, just remember a lot of, a lot of time that I've spent here. Hadn't, hadn't been on the field for anything other than fireworks before. I yeah. don't think so. That's um, cool. Amazing to be here as a player. Um, and like I said, to share that with family and friends that are around is, a, is an awesome feeling. You know, when we were down at spring training, I remember we were over at Sloan Park. People were like, hey, look out for the Cubs. This team could be better. They brought in a lot of new guys. So far, you guys are off to a really good start. Some people would say one of the surprises in baseball. Yeah, we, we've played good baseball so far. I think, you know, early season in baseball, good or bad, you don't want to draw conclusions too fast, obviously. But um, I, I like how we're going about everything, and I really believe in our group. And one thing I really do like is kind of what you said is there there isn't that much of a – defined expectation i think it's really up to us to make the most of that and we've got a a group with a nice combination of, of younger guys and veterans who've won before we brought in a lot of guys who've won world yeah. series championships in other places and i can't measure that but it's really impactful on our group and so um just been a lot of fun so far and i like where we're at yeah what people say well all oh, the success is early but i rather rack up a bunch of wins yes. now right than <laughs> having to worry at the oh, end yeah, of the year yeah. no, same I, thing with the rays when they were going good it's like i want to start out well absolutely yeah you i mean we've been sellers at the deadline the last two yeah. years you know you want to be on that end where you're requiring bullpen help or whatever you need and going forward and really attacking the second half with a chance to play playoff baseball and um, i like where we're at the new rules suit you so well. They suit a lot of people, the A's also. Yeah. And you got to be salivating because we're looking at the numbers, the success rate. How much are you enjoying, especially from the base stealing standpoint? Yeah, we did a nice group, a nice job as a team last year in the second half, especially um, before the rules changed. But we were starting to really be aggressive on the bases and had some growing pains with it. But I think it really set us up to have success as a group this year in general. Um, combine that with the rule changes and I think we're in a pretty good place and I'm, I'm running more than I have before for sure yeah. um, but you know we're not going into it like man you got to get this amount of base or anything like that just when the opportunity opportunity presents itself being ready to go and um, I think it's helped us as an offense and um, we'll see if the league makes adjustments or things like that obviously but you know for now I think we're going to be on the aggressive end and like you said the A's have, have done that as well and um, it's fun to watch it's cool to see in baseball more dynamic brand of the game, and I think that's what the league wanted. So I think it's been a success so far. You know, we've always talked about as a as a base dealer, you're reading the pitcher, you got all these scouting reports. Now you got a timer involved. It's a clock, but we'll call it a timer in baseball. Clock's a dirty word, <laughs> but you're now reading the timer, the pitcher. There's a lot more that you're, you're you're using to your advantage than just reading a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every day we're getting in there and we're watching video, just like you would as a hitter, but as a base runner on pitcher's tendencies, um, 
you know, via just general movements or something that you can pick up on. And you know, Mike Napoli does a really great job of that for us as our first base coach, and uh, he's definitely helped me out a lot. So lucky to have people like him around. Yeah, we covered him. He couldn't steal a base to save his life, and now he's helping you guys. Exactly. <laughs> I know, maybe he can teach me how to hit homers, too. <laughs> you know, you, when, you, when you think about, you know, going to Stanford, I know your parents taught at Stanford. Uh, obviously, it's one of the most special places when you talk about academia in our country. When you look back at your time at Stanford, how special was it? It was great. I mean, to be able to play that level of baseball at a, at a school um, – like that is an amazing combination, obviously, and to do it within an hour of home. You know, you yeah. check all those boxes, and it's a pretty special place to be. Um, yeah, awesome to had a bunch of teammates out, um, um, really good times there, and they, they got a strong team again, so good program for sure. Well, yeah, we have Coach Esker on all the time. Yep. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. I got to tell you, we're always going to be rooting for you, a local product. Can't root for you these next yeah, couple yeah, games, but obviously we'll be following you to the Central. Good luck to you, and a lot of people are very proud of you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Pretty cool. Local kid. Who? Nico Horner. That's oh, who yeah. we just had awesome. on. Awesome. Love that. This is Johnny D, by the way. Hey. Good to see you. Uh, we've just been informed because we were talking about one of the great Super Bowl pictures of all time. Have you ever seen the Super Bowl? I think it's Super Bowl three. Check to see when Kansas City played the Packers back in the day. Lenny Dawson, fold-out chair, halftime, smoking a cigarette, drinking a Fresca. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. And we've just been informed that uh, Fres- Fresca is now putting out uh, drinks with booze in it. Wow. 1967. How about a Fresca, Danny? Yeah. Caddyshack? Yep. 1967. Which is Super Bowl three or what was it? Super Bowl one. Uh, Super Bowl two. One? Super Bowl one. Wow. Yeah, I, said, I said 65 for Super Bowl one, but you know, that was off by two years. Yeah. It's a great memory by you. Well, I, I know because I was born the day the Super Bowl came out, the, or the, the year the Super Bowl came oh. out, so I always know what Super Bowl comes out. I thought you were going to say, you're at the Super Bowl, say, well, you're really aging yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All righty. Uh, quickly, as someone who has uh, worked many years in the minor leagues, you hear about Mason Miller, 11 games, 10 starts, 28 and two-thirds innings, lightning fastball, 6'5", yeah. ready to bring it. I mean, basically, that's zero experience. How do you feel about I, the move? I, I love it, and I'll tell you. I, can't, I love I, it. I, I love it. I can't wait to see. We, you and I Why talked waste about that him? Yeah. Why? Get him up here. You know what? I love it. It reminds me a little bit of Richie Harden because Richie Harden was on the fast track, too. A couple double-A starts, one tri- a couple triple-A starts, and then boom. So, yeah, I, I love it. I want to see what, see, let's see what he can do. See what he can do. Learn here. Yep. Have fun. Yeah. I, I, look, it, it, it's, it, he can bring it. It's going to be fun to watch what he does. Have you seen him? Uh, no, not not okay. not in person. Not in person. That's right, because he wasn't in AAA right. last year. Yeah. He said what one AAA start. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, do I want? It was last do, week. Do I want to waste him at pitching in, in Reno or Colorado Springs, no. or do I want him here? Yeah, I think you want him here. Yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun tomorrow afternoon. I'm looking forward to this game. It's gonna be fun. All right, gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of the program. We want to thank Eno Saris, Nico Horner, and the great Ken Rosenthal for joining us. Johnny D, and also The Commander, next, right here on A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, uh, not Chris Townsend. It's Cody Elias, the commander, and Johnny D, Johnny Dosco here. Uh, Johnny, tonight, Ken Waldachuk looking to get back on track for the, the A's. It's been a rough few starts for the, the young lefty. Believe it or not, the A's last win by starting pitcher was Ken Waldachuk last year, last game of the year against Shohei yeah. Otani. October 1st, right? Well, yeah. look, Waldachuk's last start was really good. You know, he worked into the seventh inning. So, hoping for a little momentum there and a big start against the Cubs. A's trying to get off the schneid and get a victory. Right now, uh, obviously, 3-14, and 14 and teams teams better than that. So, it's going to be, uh, I think, hopefully, Waldachuk has a good outing. You've got Mason Miller uh, starting tomorrow. So, Waldachuk and Miller, a little momentum before that trip to Texas. Uh, I know a lot of our fans are very excited about Mason Miller, as I am as well. I know he only had five innings in AAA, 28 and two-thirds career in the minor leagues. But I'm more excited for other reasons. Uh, Mason Miller, a fellow Pittsburgher That's from right. Bethel Park High School. Yeah. Went to Waynesburger, the President's, uh, President's League, which is right down, the, right down the freeway or highway from where I went to college. Um, he's also about 11 years younger than me, but we're not going to talk about that. Have so you I had a chance to meet him and talk to him yet? No, I, I'm, I can't wait to, to okay. talk, talk yeah. Pittsburgh. Yes. And then, um, but I'm thrilled for him, a guy that throws hard because we don't. See a lot of that. We've got Fuji, but no one else really has a lot of velocity in the A's rotation. So it's good to see some guys with velocity coming up. And I'm, I'm rooting for him. But Ken Waldenchuk, I want to see him build off that effort last week in Baltimore because that was the last time the A's won a game. Yeah. And, you know, look, uh, working into the seventh last time. And, and, yeah, exactly. Like we said, trying to go off that and, 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 and try to dominate and, and beat this Cubs team, a Cubs team that's, that's hot right now. They're not only with the bats, but their bullpen's been really good. Uh, the Cubs are surprising some people. You really, I didn't hear a lot of people talk about the Cubs uh, with their preseason predictions. They, was, they weren't getting a lot of love, and that they're starting off. I mean, look, it's 15 games, whatever, but they're, they're starting off uh, playing really good baseball. Yeah, they are, and now Seiya Suzuki's back. He brings more balance to their lineup. I really am a big Seiya Suzuki fan. When they signed him last year, I was happy that he came. He's going to be playing the major leagues. What was it, 5 for 80? No, that was a Yoshida. I forget what his deal was, but it was a good deal for the Cubs. He comes over, he hits well, then he's hurt, comes back, has a great game last night. Uh, Patrick Wisdom, the St. Mary's kid, is yeah. homeward now in four straight games. Um, homeward tonight will tie him with, um, let me see if you've heard of these guys, uh, Sammy Sosa, Ryan Sandberg, and Hack Wilson for the longest home run streak in Cubs history of five. That's a Hack Wilson who one year hit 56 home runs and drove in 190. 190 yeah. RBIs, yep. Uh, Sammy yep. Sosa, when he did the five straight, was the year that he was chasing McGuire for the home run right. record in 98. One of the greatest summers of my life. That's the only time I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame. My parent, my dad took me right after the McGuire Sosa home run race happened in 98. I was not even 10 years old. I was nine. Yeah, you were a very impressionable uh, baseball age, right? Yeah, so got you and, I lo- and I loved Sammy. Sosa was my guy. I yeah. loved Sammy because the Pirates stunk. So I was a big Sammy Sosa guy. Yeah. I got to see him play all then because they played the Pirates so much. So it was great to see. And I, I think you have to ask the question, I th- maybe it's a little premature, but is, is Cody Bellinger back? I'll tell you what, five for five, his average above 300 now, and he looks like he's having fun. And 
Uh, of course, you know the defense and the speed's always going to be there, but to, to see him swing the bat, I mean, obviously you don't want him doing it against the A's, but, it, it, you know, it's hard not, to, hard not to root for a guy like Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I mean, he went from being the MVP, a guy of the year I think is going to get $200, $300 million from the Dodgers. He's having a great year. He's a great defensive outfitter. He bangs up the shoulder in the playoffs in 2020. He hasn't been the same. Has a hit, has hit safely in seven straight games, 464 average, five extra base hits, and eight runs scored in his last seven yeah. games. Bellinger's playing well, and he has another kid on the way, so who knows? He might. I'm, I think he's in the lineup tonight, but he could leave at any point because his yep. girlfriend's going to have a, a their second child. So, so who knows? But it's, but the guy that I'm excited about with the A's is uh, I call him SD Ruiz. SD's been great. Yep. Currently hitting 321, four steals, eight RBI. I I just I'm more impressed with the the eight RBI. I, didn't, I mean, for a guy that they said didn't hit the ball hard, he's driving in runs. He's getting on base. He's hit safely what 16 of 17 games. I want I just want to see him steal more. That's you know, I, of course, and you look. As I said, I saw Estio Ruiz last year with El Paso, and I thought he was a really good player. It was a small sample size. It was six games. The series are six games now. So I saw him in six games, and he was good. But then this year, he just seems like a, a better player, a different player, quicker bat. So he, just, he looks a little bigger to me. Yeah. Looks stronger. Obviously, the speed's always there. I saw him roam center field for El Paso a little bit, but he is just a treat to watch on the base paths, in the field, at the plate. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing it all right now. And he doesn't look overmatched in the box either, which is no. great for a young guy that hasn't had a lot of experience. He's only 24 years old. I'm excited for the future with him in there, Langoliers, Ryan Noda. Now you got Mason Miller here. Hopefully we see Soderstrom down the line because, um, you see, you've got to see him. Well, did you get to see him last year at all? I he was, only, he was uh, only yeah, I saw briefly with, with Vegas against Sacramento. Yeah, so yeah. He's only yeah. up for a little bit. So, and, and yeah. Geloff, too? Did you get to see Geloff at all? Uh, yes. Yes, very briefly, too. At the end of 21 and the end of 22, he faced the yeah. faced Rivercats. Yeah. I remember seeing Geloff play in, in San Jose when the Ports were playing the Giants. Is that his rookie year? I think he got promoted, or his first year out of college. He got promoted to play in Stockton, or in, for Stockton, and they were playing in San Jose. Blown away with him then, and now he's you know in AAA. Hopefully, we get to see both those guys sooner than later. Yeah, you know it's fun to uh, Commander. It's fun to watch these guys, and you know I got a chance to see some video of uh, Lawrence Butler yesterday, yeah. a big home run. But just to watch these guys, and of course everybody saw the Mason Miller eleven strikeouts, dominating. Only like uh, sixty something pitches in yeah, those five hitless innings. Yeah, sixty eight pitches or something. Pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. impressive. My biggest thing is I told I told Tommy this. He's a kid from Pittsburgh where the weather sucks. Yeah. Nine ten months out of the year. Uh, pretty much. And for baseball season, I, I played high school baseball. How 25 games, maybe 20? How many games do you get? How many games do you get in that? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, I don't even remember if it was even that many. Yeah. Um, we start the season in February. It's, you know, sometimes it's still snowing in yeah. February. Yeah. Kids, it looks like kids are throwing 100 when it's, you know, 40 degrees out. But for him to be that good coming from Pittsburgh, I'm, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm ha- so happy for him just to see. Because you don't get a lot of – I can't tell you the last time I saw a pitcher come out of Pittsburgh that yeah. threw this hard. So it's good to see, but I'm excited for the new Oakland, as Lawrence Butler called it in spring training. Have you been tracking Mason Miller since uh, since 2021 or since since Gardner Webb? Uh, no, I mean I knew okay. I knew about the yeah. Waynesburg and Gardner Webb yeah. um, of the Big South Conference. Yeah. Uh, no, I but when the A's drafted him, I knew about his story. Um, I'm, I, I'm I can't wait to see him debut tomorrow. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, he goes out there and, and uh, shoves, as they say. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure he might be. I mean, you're probably gonna limit him a little bit, but. He'll be geeked up a little bit for sure. I mean, oh, the, you know, you, 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 you big league debut, but I, I just, uh, I mean, talk about a fast track, right? I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, to have only twenty eight two thirds career innings in the minor leagues, and you're going to be in major league baseball already. Yeah. It's, it's great. Real quick, did you see the new rules with the Atlantic League? I did. Uh, what do you think of the double hook? 
the DH. So if your pitcher doesn't go five innings, you lose your DH. I know that was wild. I, I don't know what I think of that yet. I did see that. I was I was kind of taken aback a little bit. I I need to really delve into that. What did you What did you think? Uh, I think it's great as a, even as a guy that I believe in the new strategies of baseball, where you know starters only go five six innings, yeah. and you bring your relievers in. But I think it's a way to. I guess incentivize teams for having their pitchers wait for it, pitch deeper into games because mm-hmm. we're losing that with guys only going four or five innings to five and dive, and you bring the bullpen in for four innings. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see because they did this a, co- a little bit a couple of years ago, and now they're bringing it back. I, don't, I think it's going to be a couple of years so we maybe see this in the major leagues, but I'm yeah. curious to see how it works out in the minor leagues or in the, in the Atlantic League. Let year. me ask you this. Do you think ABS is automatic? Do you think that that is – inevitable to come to yes. MLB automatic balls and strikes? I don't know when. I know they, they wanted to do it sooner than later. I think it's it's coming. I don't know when. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm curious to see how it works out in the major leagues. I It's like every, anything. You don't want to f- – how can I, I – if they're going to bring it, they're going to go full board like they kind of do with the new rules. They're not going to yeah. like, you know, you know slowly move it. And I think they're just going to go right into it. That's the one thing. I, the pitch timer I get, and I wish it would have been 17-22 or 18-23. Yeah, 15, remember we 20, talked about that no, but, but the season. that being said – I'm good with it. ABS, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that part of the game, I just I don't want to take take away the umpires' zones, and I I don't know. I, yeah, I no, just, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I know that it's it, it's coming. We know it's coming. We yeah. just, it could be next year. It could be two years. But yeah. uh, who knows? Okay, so we we're out of time. Uh, right, Ace total you. access with Chris Townsend will be coming up next. Good to see you, Commander. Same here. I know you're doing a little pre and post tomorrow, huh? Pre and post tomorrow. Yeah. Eight eight three three six two five two two seven eight. Johnny will be standing That's by with right. Robert Costa. Call him. Yep. Call him then. But Chris Townsend coming up next with Ace Total Access. We want to thank Eno Saris of The Athletic, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, and Cubs second baseman Nico Horner for stopping by. Chris Townsend up next with Ace Total Access. We'll be back on Friday for Ace Cast Live at 2 o'clock when the A's take on the Rangers. Have a good night, everyone. This is Chris Townsend. There are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.